What's happening, sports fans? Christian Pedersen here in the SD Prep Insider Studios, welcoming you into the Week 3 San Diego CIF Section Football Recap Show, giving you insight, reaction, analysis, some facts, names, all that kind of stuff about high school football here in San Diego County. For all the games that took place in Week 3, you're going to hear from me for the first 15 to 20 minutes of this Try to keep it closer to 15, just reading off stats, keeping you up to date about what's happening numbers-wise. And then we go into our reaction from around the county section. So if you want to start hearing from all of our analysts, north, south, east, west, every part of San Diego in between, jump about 15 minutes forward, and you will start to hear some great content from all those guys. As always, our content is brought to you by Blast Radius Coffee. Go check them out at BlastRadiusCoffee.com because they are helping fuel athletes and they are helping keep all of this free for you guys. So let's go to the scoreboard. Check out what happened around the county. Going to just start firing off scores to you because we got a lot of analysts that want to talk about a lot of great stuff later in this show. First one being St. Augustine moving to 3-0 and with a 42-5 win over Loyola. In our preview show, Connor Morissette from Scorebook Live sort of hinted that the writing was on the wall, and then it came through in bold-faced print. Saints is good. Saints is very good. They roll. Torrey Pines wins a absolute defensive clash, 10-7. to Coach Gladnick and company, they had to hold on. They had to improvise. They had to out-physical. They had to fight a, a really really tough Olympian squad. They come out with a huge win. I think this tests the metal of the squad. I think this teaches us a little bit about what's going on just mentally constant. You know, the way this Torrey Pines team is constructed is they seem to be able to win the really tough games and have it exactly when and where they need it to come up with big plays. Not much more you can say past that other than Falcons, move on to 2-1. and one. University City bounce back win 27-6 over Mission Bay. This one gets University City in the win column this season, and you got to assume that that takes a little bit of the pressure off after those first two weeks. They should start getting things together. Patrick Henry, 39-26 over Monta Vista. The Patriots, they continue to score high. The defense... Make some adjustments from last week. Impressive win there. Montgomery remains undefeated with a 35-7 win over Crawford. The Aztecs, they they go from how good can they be to are they the real deal to they are the real deal. You know, sky is the limit now. It's going to be a week-to-week thing as we keep seeing ways that this team finds to improve upon themselves from the previous week. So huge shout-out there. Lincoln, 35-24 over Eastlake. Close game after close game after close game. Win after win after win, though, for Lincoln as they remain one of the impressive top 10 teams in the county this season. San Diego, the Cavers, they get a win 53-29 over El Cap. 14 wins in a row for San Diego, and they continue to do it with impressive margins. Congratulations to Coach James and everything going on there. Madison, the Warhawks, 39-29 over Granite Hills. I mean, a, a bounce-back win, a solid win, a, a, a two-score win. It's everything that Madison football needed in that one. Granite Hills, you got to assume that this will be the week that 
teaches them the mentality, everything that they need to get done to be an eight and two team still. No panic there. Morris 28 over 25 over Kearney in what some of our analysts later in this show will call an instant classic. The Tigers move to two and zero on the season. Otay Ranch gets the dub versus Point Loma 39-26. The Mustangs show off on both sides of the ball. Scripps Ranch 55-0 over Fallbrook. Scripps Ranch continues to get it done in decisive and impressive fashion. Sarah 28-7 over Del Norte. The Conquistadors get a much-needed win on the season. Mountain Empire, the Red Hawks. Perfect on both sides of the ball. Go 33-0 over Army Navy. Claremont, the Chieftains, they are in the win category this season. 21-16 over Maranatha Christian. El Cajon Valley continues to be one of the impressive plot lines early in this season. They go to 3-0 with a 20-7 win over Coronado. No fluke. This is a very figured out, reformatted, rebooted El Cajon Valley squad this year. And, you know, every week now becomes even more impressive on the season. So congratulations to everything the Braves are getting done out there. Holtville, the Vikings, they win 55-6 to over Desert Mirage. La Costa Canyon drops a heartbreaker 13-12 to San Clemente as San Clemente continues to wreak havoc in the San Diego section. La Jolla Country Day, the offense continues at a questionably all-time historic pace. Let me see if I can pull up these numbers real fast for you on what we got from the La Jolla Country Day game last night because they win, like I mentioned, putting up a 60-burger on Classical Academy. Let's see if we got those scores here. So, E.J. Kreutzman goes for just shy of 500 yards, throwing five TDs, rushing for a pair. Huge shout-out to the La Jolla Country Day offense for staying busy. Santana 41-0 over Mar Vista. The Sultans, impressive again. They are one of the squads to watch for this season. Mira Mesa 26-13 over Mount Carmel to get in the win column. It was just a matter of time until Coach Thompson and company got that figured out and got that ship righted. Oceanside, the Pirates 43-35 over San Marcos in an all-out thriller. Kavikatua and Oceanside, I mean, they look good. Question is, do they look great? Do they look all-time? We will have to find out. Poway 38-30 over Ramona. Big, impressive win for the Titans. For Poway, these wins continue to add up early in the season as the Titans offensively find ways to keep overpowering their opponents. Rancho Bernardo, 17-0 over Valley Center. Keeping it going, we got Vista 54, Rancho Buena Vista 2. The Vista Panthers, the offense and the defense are both things to know a lot about this season for them, but... I mean, the offense continues to answer all sorts of questions about how they get it done and impress and improvise and improve every single week. So Panthers fans should be happy with the bounce back win there. San Pasqual, the Golden Eagles, they get a shutout. 6-0 at Westview to move to 3-0. and Mission Hills put the hurt down on Redlands East Valley, 52-7. to Mission Hills... You'll hear later in the show from WBK Sports, Eric Williams, but Mission Hills, they score 
uh, special teams touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, passing touchdowns. They spread the ball out very impressively, very efficiently. Perhaps, and most likely, the consensus win of the night, the Cathedral Catholic Dons 44-41 over the Centennial Huskies. Pretty much everybody wants a crack at talking about where this puts Cathedral Catholic in the state rankings. Could this be the biggest regular season win in school history? So an impressive night just in terms of the statistical, factual result, a 44-41 win. A lot of impressive numbers put up by the Dons, but a, a contextual impressive result when you finally have you know, a chance at one of those big teams early in the season, regular season, take them down in definitive fashion. Let us know, uh, everyone listening, where you think the Dons should now be ranked state and nationally wise. Uh, it's it's certainly uh, in the top handful, top three, top top five, somewhere in there seems quite likely. Carlsbad, they dropped their first game of the season to move to 2-1. and one. The Lancers lose to Lawndale, who is a defending state champion, 35-16. West Hills drops a heartbreaker versus Santa Fe from Whittier, 7-6. to six. Southwest San Diego, they lose to Gabrielano, 29-20. Escondido Charter, 42 Escondido... Escondido Charter, 41. O'Farrell, 22. Big-time win there for Esco. Calvin Christian gets a 28-20 win over the Public Safety Academy. Let's keep scrolling here. Vincent Memorial is victorious on the road at Calexico, 41-22. Southwest El Centro drops a heartbreaker, 21-7 to Cibola. Benita Vista, 35. Sweetwater, 14. The Barons with an impressive outing against a very strong Sweetwater squad early in the season. Calipatria drops one on the road at Yuma, 40-0. Escondido, they come up victorious. The Wildcats with another win this season, 19-12 over Chula Vista. This one being on the road, an impressive win for Escondido. Hilltop, 43, San Ysidro, 3, the Lancers, 3-0 and on the season. Another huge offensive night as they close in on, on 150 points scored already this season. The defense, though, with an impressive showing against San Ysidro. Hilltop, the question now is how good can and will they be for the rest of this season it's going to come down to a showdown with Morris in a couple weeks, and Hilltop's offense is sending messages that they are ready for that opportunity. Castle Park, 33. Francis Parker, 28. The Trojans continue to impress early in the season. Christian, they fell to Soldanta, one of the top squads from the state of Alaska, 42-7. to And, of course, we've got to talk about the Central Union Spartans going to Del Valle, Del Vale, Del Valle, Texas, to play a road game on behalf of the state of California versus the great state of Texas and its alleged superiority in San Diego High School football. Central coming away victorious, 34-21. A huge shout-out 
and celebration to the Central Union Spartans for representing San Diego so well versus the entire state of Texas. Because, yes, that one counts as we are now better than Texas at football. Uh, Foothills Christian, 48. Rock Academy, 6. Foothills continues to be the squad to beat in that division. Finally, we got Victory Christian Academy, 32. Calvary Christian Academy, 29. That is the week two or week three scoreboard watch here in San Diego high school football. Stay tuned for a wide variety of guests, pundits, analysis coming from all angles of San Diego County. You are listening to the week three San Diego Prep Insider football recap show brought to you by Blast Radius Coffee. All right, we go now to Calvin Pierce at Calvin underscore TSC on all the social media. The man with the uh, the highest video quality you will see here in San Diego or, or most of Southern California. Calvin, how are you tonight? Is the heart racing, the the blood pump, like it was, this seems like another nail biter night for, for Lincoln and uh, for a couple of teams across the county. Definitely was a nail biter at Lincoln and it shouldn't have been, but it ended up being one. Uh, offense seemed to sputter all night for some reason. It's, that's kind of been an ongoing trend. Uh, and going into next week, that's definitely not something you want to be uh, continuing on with. But uh, for the most part, defense uh, continue to do what they do. And uh, for everybody that knows Keyshawn, it's going to continue to be the Keyshawn show. If I'm not mistaken, I think he had a three-piece tonight. Uh, uh, he ran a, kick, a punt return back, uh, kick return, and I believe he did have one, I believe, receiving. So Keyshawn's going to continue to be Keyshawn and uh, elevate his stock and trying to get to whatever D1 school that he's trying to get to and, uh, you know, keep trying to elevate his team as far as uh, uh, keeping them in the winning circle. You mentioned the defense again having uh, having to do a lot of the lifting on this one, so we want to give a shout-out to Marquise Allen-Patman with an interception late in the Man. game. Yep. That was a big one. Man, I had to tease him. I had to tease him when I was packing my camera gear up because he, he should have been in the end zone about three times this year. And that one in particular, he should have made it in uh, the end zone tonight. And uh, he quite couldn't make it in. I, I, we call it uh, a lot of football players and announcers, they call it surf monster got him. But he told me, he said both legs cramped up. He, he did a little razzle dazzle and cutting across the field this way and that way. And uh, I think he got somewhere near the end zone and uh, got the stumbling and uh, tripped up on his own without no one touching him. Uh, when gravity winds up being your biggest enemy, you know that you're having a pretty good night. Uh, right. So, you know, last last week we were talking after the, the Lincoln game of, you know, is there something legitimate to be concerned about or is this team figuring out? So you've seen them now well, another week. Are, is there something to be worried about or is this team figuring it out? I don't know if it's to be worried about, but they got to figure out the quarterback situation still. Uh, they started at the helm with Chris, uh, the, the veteran that was there last year on the, uh, the went on the playoff run. And uh, Chris, if I'm not mistaken, had about I don't want to say over overdo his turnover. No, for sure three. Might have been two interceptions and for sure one fumble. But uh, we got to figure it out. And then Tyler came in. I believe he had only one and had a, had a couple of big throws. I know. Uh, shout out to my nephew. I know he he got a big one up the sideline to Keone. Um, if you play wide out over there at Lincoln, got a big one of him. And like, like I spoke on Keyshawn earlier, 
he, he, he did get it into Keyshawn a couple of times, and Keyshawn was able to uh, uh, turn those into some big plays. So anything else about but, Lincoln, or do you, can we go talk about a couple other games outside of that? Oh, uh, we we could definitely talk about some other games. I'm I'm highly a uh, big uh, man. I'm I'm a brave. I'm a brave at heart. I'm a former brave. That's I'm alum from uh, Elkhorn Valley, and and me and you chatted before. You told me they won, and I'm I'm very excited uh, what they what they have going on over there. Uh, I know some other people made it to, told you, man, uh, out of everywhere in the county from San Diego to like Oceanside. If I'm not mistaken, Oklahoma has the most like apartments, so it's like a little bit like on the side, most inconsistent like living situation. Because I don't know too many people that live in apartments their whole entire life. So to get some kids, to get group of kids to uh, be in a program for one full season or for four years, it, it, it's it's uh, remarkable. So for, for whatever they're doing over there right now, I got to give it up to the, the the school, the coaching staff, because what we haven't seen nothing even near this since, uh, what, Abraham Lazy back in 2005? Yeah, it's been almost two decades since they've been off two to decades. this kind of a start. That's, that's big. I'm very excited for those guys. So the confidence and the excitement level is very high with the El Cajon Valley Braves as they go to 3-0. and You got to see Cathedral Catholic last week. This week they get a 44-41 to win over Corona Centennial. React to that Ooh. a little bit. Man, isn't that huge for the whole city of San Diego? Yes. Because they, uh, man, I was getting phone <laughs> So I'm contracted over at Lincoln, and I've just been getting phone calls too, left and right. I got a phone call literally yesterday, uh, nationally, uh, what is it, uh, uh, under the radar. They're known all over. They called me and was like, Calvin, the work you did for us at that cathedral game on uh, this past Saturday, we need you at this one uh, Friday night. But I was like, I'm already locked down at Lincoln. And, and I, I, I don't have a second, sh- a third shooter. I had a second shooter go to that uh, Saints game. Uh, another company contracted us out to go to that one. But, man, I would have loved to be at that Cathedral game tonight. And just what Cathedral is doing over there and the consistency that they've shown uh, for the last few years um, from that one season that they didn't do so well, ever since then it's, it's been like no, no looking back. No looking back at that at all, and they've just been moving forward and climbing up. Well, you, let's mention the uh, the Saints one because you said you had someone there. Forty-two to five, Saints wins nationally, and I, I think every they're, well, what they're. Calvin, you want to say that one one more time? I think we lost you there. Okay, I'm back. Uh, I was just saying for, for the big things that Cathedral is doing for the city, I know everybody locally, they, they would love to uh, beat Cathedral, but you, at the same time, you got to respect for what they're doing uh, as far as putting San Diego on the map. you you got you to gotta respect what they're doing. So St. Augustine gets the win, 42-5. to five. That's another big one to keep the, uh, the heat on there. Uh, let's see, I'm just scrolling through early results. we got a couple of other big ones. Um, but, I mean... I'm guessing that right now El Cajon Valley is the team that you're most excited about just as an alum. That, yeah, as an alum, definitely. But, man, I, I'm kind of – I'm not definitely sad because I'm at Lincoln, but, man, is that Holy Bowl going to be something this year or what? It, it's always a spectacle, but I think this year it's going to be like none other. There, it does seem right now that they're on a collision course to catch each other at the best time that they have in the last five to ten years. Well, get your popcorn ready. Ooh, ooh, ooh. All righty. Well, Calvin, 
underscore TSC on all the social media. Go check him out doing some of the best video work in the game. Calvin, we will leave you on that note about getting the popcorn ready. Folks, we will hear from him again next week. Thanks, Calvin. All right, we are joined now by Luke Ramirez at Luker. If you type in enough use, it'll it'll sure. pop up on all the different social media. He is a photographer, writer, creator of content coverage and journalism with the Union Tribune. Luke, how are you doing? Doing awesome. Uh, happy to see some more uh, South Bay High School football on this Friday evening. Yeah, so week three is now in the books. You are at Hilltop for Hilltop versus San Ysidro, and wow, um, offensive fireworks on the Hilltop Lancers end of things. What did you see at that game? Yeah, it was uh, quite a game, um, quite a second quarter, I should say. Um, started off uh, 6 nothing in the first quarter. Um, you know, they got a senior quarterback in Javen Neanda there and there at Hilltop. He's, he's definitely uh, bided his time. Um, he's been with the program since he was a freshman and um, has had some great quarterbacks in front of him. Um, he was under Coach Westling all four years uh, since he was a freshman. He's been grooming him for that quarterback position. Um, he's now had his time to shine, and he's making the most out of that. You know, they had two big road wins uh, in weeks one and two. Uh, they're finally at home week three, and you could just tell there was a ton of energy a lot of following out there for this Lancer football team. And uh, everyone's really, really excited about, uh, you know, Hilltop getting off to a 3-0 start. I heard it was only the third time in program history now that um, they started 3-0, the other two times being in uh, 1979 and 1991. Um, so some history for Coach Drew Wessling. Um, he seems like he's finally kind of taken over the program and, and really gotten it to where he wants it to be. He's got the, the playmakers on offense that, that, you know, he wants for that offensive-minded team that he runs. Um, and pace just the pace is above everything um, with this team well so now that you've had a chance to see this team in person because uh, you can you can look at highlight films you can look at all sorts of different metrics but it, it always changes a little bit when you get to see a squad in person now that you've seen Hilltop what is the ceiling for this team yeah it's uh I mean I would have to say they're the real deal you know um, I was definitely surprised to see him win those two road games in uh, weeks one and two um, I wanted to see some dominance tonight uh, against a San Ysidro team that hasn't won since uh, 2017. Um, and that's what we got. Uh, it was a little bit of a slow start, like I mentioned. Um, their quarterback threw a first touchdown a couple minutes into the game. Um, and then after that, he threw two interceptions. And those were the first two interceptions he's thrown uh, this season. I was talking to Coach Wessling um, earlier this week, and they've run about, I think he said they've run a, almost 200 plays in their first two games and uh, no turnovers from their quarterback. So he was very impressed with how smart of a football player DeAnda is. Um, we saw, I saw a couple miscues tonight, though. Uh, one of the interceptions was a jumped uh, screen route by, by a defensive lineman. That was actually a pretty nice play from one of the big men. And then um, just in the, the second one, the next drive, was uh, just a, a ball slightly overthrown to a receiver and just happened to, go, happened to fall right in the lap of a, of a safety. Um, but, I mean, there's some good things about this offense, and Drew Wessling is just pace, 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 pace. He's got uh, Coach Burner as well, one of uh, one of Coach Burner's sons. God, I can't remember his first name, but um, he's helping out with the offense as well, and uh, I, I, they're just lightning fast. You know, I'm trying to take pictures, write stats down, track plays, and I cannot keep up with Wessling and his staff. But, nonetheless, it's still really fun to watch. Um, they got a great receiver. is a senior named Marco Aki. 
he caught four touchdown passes tonight from DeAnda and just a really electric football player. He's he's someone that, you know, you can count on to make big plays for you, drive in and drive out, and uh, someone special to watch for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, scroll and pick up the numbers right now for Marco Aki. I believe he is closing in already this season on 1,000 yards. Um, let me see if I can get to this, despite the fact that on max preps it is listed as a 43-3 to win for San Ysidro. Um, oh. <laughs> they can enjoy it while yeah. it lasts. Uh, let's see. Couple years. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he coming into tonight had just over 400 receiving yards. So at, yeah, tonight, at, tonight I had him at 87. Um, so he's, he's on his way there, and he's, he's the kick return guy, punt return guy. Um, really flashy on those punt returns. A couple, a couple of punts that uh, were a little shorter and kind of bounced up to him, and he caught him at the last second, put a few moves on, and picked up you know 10, 15 yards. Um, he's he's a sneaky little skill player, and uh, he's fun to watch for sure. I said this on our preview show that Hilltop is the current best team in the South Bay. Would you believe that after what you saw tonight, or, or are you uh, uh, someone else on your radar down there in the South Bay? What, what, what's your take on that? I mean, it's hard to argue against that. If anything, I'd say they're they're the they're the team that is definitely clicking the best. You know, obviously Eastlake had another tough loss tonight. They showed a little bit more signs of life than in week two. Um, you know, I haven't got a chance to see Otay Ranch, but I know they're a very sound football team. But this Hilltop Lancer team is firing on all cylinders. Um, they're going into Valhalla next week, and you know, Coach Westling said they they really got to have their best week of practice of the season. Um, to go up against their running back um, that they got out there. But as far as teams that are that are firing on all cylinders, it's this Hilltop Lancer team out of the South Bay for sure. Another squad down in the South Bay. Anything else on the Hilltop game, or, or can we go around the county a little bit? Uh, that, was about, that was about it. I mean, the, uh, the other thing I would have to mention is that the defense can really make some stops. Um, they got athletic, uh, athletic players in the backfield, and then up front they do have some pretty decent size some big guys that move really well and kind of really plug up the gap. So um, I wanted to see something out of the defense and, and, and only allowing three points um, against a, a struggling San Ysidro team was, was what I wanted to see. So I'm um, really excited to, to hear, look for more of, the, of this Hilltop team. All right, let's talk a little bit uh, more just South Bay results. Castle Park, they win 33-28 over Francis Parker to also move to 3-0 and on the season. Uh, what what's your takeaway from Castle Park so far, starting three and zero with a new coaching staff? Yeah, uh, Coach Livesey. We talked to him um, before the season started. He's he seems like a really excited, energetic guy. Um, he's got he's got some decent players over there. I know they graduated quite a few players from last year's team that uh, that won their league and um, and made a made a playoff appearance. But um, I know Castle Park is going to be uh, right up there with Montgomery, who was coming into this week 2-0. I didn't catch the results of uh, of their week three game. Montgomery um, won 35-7 over Crawford. There you go. So uh, that's, uh, I believe it's the Pacific, the Pacific Conference, the Metro Pacific League. Yep. Um, a couple teams in there that I'm going to have to definitely take a look at. Um, I want to get out there and, and talk to the coaches, talk to a few of their players, see a practice or two from – from those teams because those are some interesting kind of lower division uh, San Diego section teams that um, are definitely making some noise so far. It certainly gives off the vibe that this could be the year where, like you said, in D four, five, three, somewhere around there, the South Bay ends up roaring into the playoffs uh, with, with a lot of actual momentum and turn some heads. 
Uh, any other scores you want to talk about around the county, down in the South Bay, anywhere like that? Well, I have to go to my alma mater, Eastlake. Um, you know, I, I know that uh, Lincoln maybe didn't have quite the defense St. Augustine had that, you know, held them to, you know, I don't know what the exact number was, but, uh, you know, zero or negative four yards in week two. It was good to see them put up uh, some touchdowns. You know, I think the best way that they were going to be able to rebound from that loss in week two was to, you know, go into Lincoln's house and beat them, and they made it a ball game. So, um, you know, I'm a big Coach McFadden guy. You know, I, I, I never I never played for him, but, you know, being around him in my high school years and after, I know that, you know, he's got what it takes to, to, get, the, to get the program, you know, back where it needs to be. And um, it's ultimately going to come down to league, you know. Talking to Coach McFadden at the beginning of the season, he said, about the strength of this non-league schedule, you know, we're either going to get really beat up and hurt and uh, and play a crappy league, or we're going to get better from the loss, from the wins or losses, these tough games we have, and uh, that's going to make it even easier for us to get through league, um, you know, get get into the playoffs and kind of make some noise as maybe a lower seed. So, um, some good, some signs of life. You know, they got a heartbeat down there in East Lake. It sounds like so. That's good to hear um, as, you know, someone who covers the South Bay and more importantly, a, an alumni, because it was not fun being an alumni of East Lake last week. <laughs> so you see 24 points this week as, as, like you said, signs of life. Things are at least trending in the direction that they need to be for East Lake. Uh, we Absolutely. will we will send our well wishes. Uh, I, I understand the struggle of, of being an alumni and and <laughs> and a journalist at the same time and having to you, you want to. Be objective, be unbiased, but then you, you end up going, "Oh, come on, boys, give me something good tonight." Yeah, please, you know, you please, can call please. Me a little bit of a homer, I guess you can call me a little bit of a homer. I, I don't mind, but uh, but no, in all seriousness, um, you know, East Lake, East Lake's a, a team that's got so much history and tradition. Um, it's just tough to see them struggle the way that they have. Um, but like I said, they should be trending in the right direction. I'm, I, we're all homers. I'm currently wearing a We Run LJ shirt uh, from the La Jolla <laughs> Vikings right now after the win La Jolla had tonight. At Luker Sports on all the different social media, Luke Ramirez, he's an amazing photographer, writer, content creator with the Union Tribune. Luke, thank you very much. Any party notes uh, as we say goodbye to you from week three? Um, all I got to say is that it's going to get really fun down here in the South Bay. Um, if you're following along with all of CIF San Diego section action, um, just do not forget to check on in on those scores and, uh, and you know, some teams that are making some noises, like I said, uh, across all the divisions. Um, there's going to be some more presence from the South Bay down here, and I'm just excited to kind of see it unfold. Deal. Check them out. They're doing a lot of great work. Luke Ramirez, thank you very much for joining us, man. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thank you. Okay, we head out now to Adam Paul, EC Preps. He's uh, just off of uh, of watching the Santana Sultans all night tonight. Um, he's got a lot to talk about. He is a man of growing importance with every week as we see the uh, gradual shift to be from North County potentially out to East County now being the epicenter of San Diego high school football. Adam, how are you doing? I'm doing all right tonight, uh, Christian. How are you? I'm I'm doing pretty well, man. Um, a, a weird, I mean, an, an electric and exciting night, but a, a, a weird night of a lot of blowouts. A lot of yeah. uh, a, a very, very lopsided scores. What'd you see tonight? I, I saw the same thing. You know, I was, Obviously, the game I was at, where the game got out out of hand, 
pretty pretty quickly running clock the second half and um, paying attention to what was going on on social media. Uh, well, well, let's sports... let's start let's start with the one that you were at. Give us the 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 first take. This is your first time seeing Santana in person this season, correct? Uh, yeah, this year, yeah. Yeah, so give us your takeaway from what you saw. I know you said running uh, running clock against Mar Vista. They end up winning forty one nothing. Give us the 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 cliff notes on what you saw. Well, their um, I saw a uh, just a complete domination on both sides of the ball for Santana. Um, Nathan Temple, unofficially, I, I have to go tally up the stats. He had over 200 yards passing. I know he ended up with five touchdowns on the on the night. Um, I mean, it, they just completely dominated uh, Mar Vista, and I think they sent a notice to all Division Four, you know, saying, "Hey, it's going to come through Santana to get to that championship game." Okay, so they are uh, sort of pounding on the shield, calling their shot. They're saying, hey, look, it all comes through us. Um, and Mar Vista uh, already with a great win against Classical Academy this year, so not a push over Mar Vista by any sense of, of the word. So you see this as a pretty big statement win for Santana. Let's talk oh. outside of that game. What else did you see? Uh, well, uh, of course, uh El Cap, you know, tried to come back against San Diego, but San Diego, the mighty favors, just too much for the Vaqueros. Um, that game, after the first quarter, I, I noticed it was 27 to 14. I was like, whoa, okay, interesting score. <laughs> and with the final, you know, San Diego ended up winning 53-29. Um, and it you know, obviously, Mo Jackson for San Diego, he had a big night, I, I, I heard. Um, excuse me, with almost 200 yards on the ground there. I, you know, El Cap, I, I don't know. I, I honestly thought they were going to, you know, put up points, and if they could play a little defense, I thought they would be a little bit better. But I, don't, I, I just don't know anymore about the Vaqueros. I'm not counting them out. I, I, I just don't know. So um, a, a tougher day, what I'm hearing there, but also we're, we're not at the, once we get into league, then you can start counting people in and out. Week three is, yeah. is we're settling into it, but we're not fully dialed in on it. Let's talk El Cajon Valley next. They go to three and O oh with a, uh, a somewhat surprising win. It, it, not necessarily in the fact that they won, but how they won 20 to seven versus Coronado. What, what's your takeaway there? Uh, you know, the kids from, uh, the kids from El Cajon, uh, they had the game scheduled. They didn't want Coach Osborne to, you know, to cancel the game, you know, to get them off the schedule. And I know he kind of played a prank on them, I heard. And even though, you know, even though they, they were going to play the game because it's a two-year contract, obviously, um, you know they're three zero for the first time since 2016 when they started out five and zero. They definitely have a shot at you know going five and zero before league. Uh, you know they're they're tough. They're, they you know this their win from all the research that that I was doing. 
um, it's the biggest turnaround uh, scoring-wise um, from what I could find in CIF history. I mean, last year they lost 76 to nothing to the same Coronado Islander team. And then this year, obviously, they win 20 to 7. Um, if that makes any sense. Um, you know, they, I think they wanted it. I mean, they really wanted this game. And then, like I said, they had it circled on the, on the calendar and, was, and it was being pumped up on campus all week long. And they had a good sized crowd from what I heard. And they just did their thing. So I will be very curious to know if that is a record uh, about the biggest turnaround from one season to the next in terms of just margin of victory against a specific team. Um, that's that's a very that's an interestingly niche stat. We we need we need to find uh, find maybe Steve Brand is the one that might know somebody out there has to know it. Um, what oh, are yeah. what are some yeah, other games well, around the county that uh, that maybe caught your eye? I was surprised at how Madison, that that final score, I, I thought that game, yeah, it ended up being a 10-point game. I honestly thought that game would have been a lot close, would have been closer. And I and I, I thought Granite had a shot to pull out that win against the Warhawks um, just because Granite Hills, I thought, was equal to Steel Canyon. Um, they were kind. They're kind of almost the same team. Um, Steel Canyon, uh, uh, both defenses. The edge goes to Steel, but on offense, Granite had, in my opinion, had the, has the better offense. They're kind of almost near to each other, and um, it looked like Keontae uh, Springs um, had a again had a big night um, in the game. Um, it looked like. And it looks like, um, you know, Madison, they jumped out to that 14 and nothing lead. It looks, uh, from what I, from what I heard. And even though Justice McCombs, um, had a decent night, he threw a couple, uh, a couple interceptions, which were crucial, um, from talking to a couple people that, that I know were, who were at the game that I was, um, texting with. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm still kind of in that reactionary phase of I'm just kind of soaking it all in. It, it seems like a, a ten point loss. That's not anything to worry about considering what we've seen Granite do and what we know Madison is capable of. So I I would say that Granite fans don't be don't be concerned concerned. There's nothing to worry about long term. Oh, yeah, one, one loss is bound to happen in a football season. Um. Let's uh let's go uh from 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 your speciality in the East County just to uh, I, I'm giving everybody a chance to react to to, to sure. this one and Cathedral Catholic forty four forty one over Corona Centennial um try to put this Cathedral team in the context of how good historically they might be compared to some of the greats in San Diego history. Uh <laughs> Well, uh, to be honest with you, I, 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 it's a huge win. It's probably, uh, from reading everything online, it sounds like it's their, from, from what I can recall, since I've been around high school football and covering it for 20 plus years and everything, since I was in, since I was in high school and before, 
it sounds, I mean, it seems like it's their biggest win in, in the regular season. Um, in their, in the, uh, even going back to their days as the, uh, uni, uh, uni don, um, as far as great teams, uh, uh, to be honest with you, I, I think it's, I think they're a really, really good team, but as far as being one of their greatest teams, I'm not a hundred percent sold on that aspect. I thought that team, their team last year was pretty good with Sean Poma. Um, don't get me wrong, but um, and then you know, obviously the team that that won the uh, state title a few years ago was really good as well. Even those teams with um, oh the 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 gentleman, the running back that went to Stanford, um, Tyler Gaffney. Those teams, yeah, Tyler Gaffney. Those teams were really good, really really good. Maybe not as balanced, but they were really good. Um. So, yeah. so in in the conversation, but not leading it in any sort of uh, a, a dramatic fashion. But yeah. they're but they're they're as definitely as, 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 uh, winning big games as, on behalf of San Diego. Oh, absolutely! Yes, they, don't get me wrong. It's like one of the that's one of the biggest wins in in the regular season for San Diego in San Diego football history. From from what I can tell on in the various amount of research amounts of research I've been doing the last few days. Well, Adam, any notes countywide that we can uh, leave? Anything else you want to talk about before we say goodbye and uh, we'll see you well, in week four? I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, talking to Coach Contender the other night, uh, <laughs> it, and I told him this, if, if you know, if, if this was before they won, if they're not ranked however high now in the state, nation, whatever, then I don't know what I don't know what's wrong with the people deciding that stuff, and I don't I don't understand I'll, I'll I will not understand it then, um, because from talking to everybody and reading up on Corona Centennial, they were really good, really really good this year, and you know obviously now that sets up the big showdown next week, um, but that's you know that's going forward next week between Cathedral and at Helix, um, but that's for another time, obviously for next week. Like I said, if they're not ranked high, excuse me, in either the state and nation, I don't know. It, I I don't know how. Then I, I totally don't understand the system. Then. That's just my opinion. Deal. If they're not ranked, we'll all get together and we'll uh, we'll start rioting. We'll we'll throw some sort of protest. We'll do something, whatever <laughs> whatever we can to help raise some uh, some perhaps uh, appropriate ruckus and noise about how we feel. Well, At- you've been covering you've been covering this, you know, the sport for a while now, Christian. I mean, co- I mean, think of, I mean, it's crazy. They defeat one of the top teams. How can they not be? A simple observational bias of of who and what the San Diego section is compared to other sections. Yeah, sure. it, it, yeah, exactly. That that's literally the only answer that I can come up with is just uh, <laughs> appearance bias. Okay, that's fair enough. But that, but that is no. That's not. That's not a fair answer. That's a stupid answer. Either <laughs> there, there should be wins like this that just prove: look, good is good is good, regardless of where it comes from or what color it's wearing or what section or name or anything like that. Right. 
at EC underscore preps underscore SD on the social media. You've got Don DeMar's photography providing some great images. Adam's doing the great videos and Twitter updates, all sorts of information. He's got recap shows that he's also going to be filming. It's all sorts of great stuff with East County Insight that has been 20-plus years. Adam, anything uh, on the party note? Nah, I just really appreciate you um, allowing me to come, you know, to speak to you about, you know, our great sport here in San Diego. I mean, it, it, it's always a fun night out there, with all, you know, with everybody co- covering the game. Hell yeah, man, and it's only week three, so we're still not even <laughs> into league or the drama or anything. So thank goodness right, yeah. – uh, Thank goodness a couple teams had buys and we were all able to, to you know, we're, we're getting into, into, into regular season form now. So, Adam, we'll talk to you again come week four. Thank you very much. Thanks, Christian. All right. Our next guest is Chase Carlo, a first-time contributor, long-time contributor, though, because at Chase Carlo SDSU on Twitter has been a fountain of statistical, contextual information. Chase, Welcome on the show. How are you doing? How is week three treating you? Great. We kind of had a we had a bye week, so we kind of had a rest. It was kind of weird not having football. Like you don't like yesterday. I was kind of thinking like, oh, we don't have a game tomorrow. Like it was kind of weird. Yeah. So Chase is normally out with the Grossmont Foothillers because of his dad being the head coach. Um, you know, that's just the full disclaimer, but Chase is very knowledgeable about all things San Diego high school football. Chase, you were at Olympian Torrey Pines tonight, a game that wound up being significantly closer than I think anybody saw coming. Tell us what you saw in this game. Definitely. I think that, I think it was a combination of a few things. I think Olympian played well. Like, I think Torrey Pines also, they didn't look like, the usual Toy Pines team, I thought their offense, they, they needed some improvements, especially just like running the ball, especially throwing the ball. They kind of had trouble throwing the ball, and you kind of need that balanced attack to kind of beat some of the top avocado league teams. But Olympian played well. Their defensive line, they were able to disrupt the quarterback a lot, and that kind of made the game a lot closer, and especially with Toy Pines. Their offense, they were having six-minute six drives, six-minute drives, and it kind of uh, the game was shorter, and that kind of made the game shorter. So naturally, the score was lower as well. But it was a very interesting game to watch. So in watching this game, what was the takeaway? Was it that Torrey Pines just is still looking for that rhythm, or or is Olympian walking away with a moral victory that they played an amazing night? I think it's a little bit of both. And I honestly think that Olympian came out of this game saying we could have won this game. They had the ball. They Toy Pines was about three minutes and 30 seconds to go. Got a punt at about the 30-yard line. They got a they got a fair catch, and they had the ball, and they fumbled it to Olympian. And with three minutes and 30 seconds left, down by three, Olympian at the ball, and next play, the quarterback doesn't need the right lead and get a pick. I'm sorry about that. And you that, okay? Uh, were you reenacting the pick there? Thanks. Yeah. And that kind of, that iced the game for them. And they kind of, they did the toy pines run down the clock, and that was the game. So I think Olympian kind of came out of this as we could have won this game. 
but I don't know. I think that there's a possibility that they could feel uh, they could feel like they're good and they feel like they could beat us next week. So it'll be interesting to see. So closest thing to being a, a, a moral victory takeaway type moment for the Foothillers, a statistical or not the foot. I'm sorry, you're the foot. Uh, the Eagles, a statistical victory for Tory Pines as they bounce back from a loss last week to move to two and one on the season. Chase, what outside of that game caught your eye in in San Diego County High School football? Obviously, you got to talk about Cathedral. It's the the type of program Corona Centennial is. It's just it's amazing that Cathedral even was competitive and that they beat them. After this victory, I don't know if the team's going to beat them. Maybe maybe San Augustine looks good today. They look like a solid number two in the county. Maybe they can make it a game and maybe beat them. If some stuff happens, but I, I don't know if Cathedral will lose a game this season. So that was, that was the first one. I mean, I mean, so the, the, the yeah, me. the question now just becomes how good can good be? You know, is this the best Cathedral team of the last five years of ever? Do you start talking all time greats? And I'm sure we'll have plenty of time for us to talk about that. So you're you're just your eye is really caught by that. What else in San Diego County? I also thought I thought Hilltop played a good game as well. They beat they beat San Ysidro forty three to three. And I think the big one was that they only allowed three points. And I think that that was a good indicator to see their defense. And I, I can't wait to see them against Morris. I think it's gonna be a big game to see exactly where they fall in the South Bay and maybe maybe they are the best team in South Bay. But we'll, I think we'll have to see at the Morse game. Well that game certainly was interesting, uh, out of the fact that you, you mentioned the defense. The, the the first two Hilltop wins this year had been thriller shootouts going down to the wire late. This one, a wire-to-wire victory with heavily uh, he- heavily noticeable change in the defensive output. So if the evolution continues to happen in that direction, you're right. It, it is certainly something to watch for with Hilltop and what they've got going on. You mentioned their game against Morse. Morse pulls out a thriller 28-25 versus Kearney. So they are now 2-0. Yeah, that Man, was a, I think that was a good victory for them. A lot of very interesting stuff going on across the county. Um, Chase, anything want, Anything catch your eye as an upset? Uh, I'm trying to look at the scores here because we kind of have to drive back home as a long drive. Otai had a nice win. LCC, I think, I didn't think they would keep it that close. I thought after the victories over Oceanside and Toy Fine that they would win by a little bit more than just one point. So I think LCC had a good game tonight. And also, I would like to give a shout-out. This isn't really an upset, but Scripps Ranch. They're 3-0. They just had a big 55-0 victory against Ballberg. I think that they could be a team. Maybe they can challenge San Diego in their league. Like they look, they look pretty good, and nobody's really talking about them. Yeah, at three and zero, that is the upset. I think more than anything is just how good they have consistently been every single week, all season or all season. It's been three weeks, but a, a no drop off yet at any point from uh, from the Scripps Ranch Falcons as they improve to three and zero, like you said, with a massive win over Fallbrook. 
If you want to follow him for anything he's doing all season long, at Chase Carlo SDSU on Twitter. He's a great source of statistical, contextual information. Chase, thank you very much for joining us here in week three, and we look forward to having you on as a regular all season long going forward. Can't wait for next week. It's going to be fun. All right, we now bring in the team writer for Team Akasi. It's Meech. He's got some takes. He was at Kearney and Morris. So you survived week three. How was that for you? Thank you very much for being on the show. Oh, how's it going, Chris? So tell us, Kearney and Morris, it was uh, a, It seemed like a back-and-forth battle. It had some crazy special teams plays. Morris comes out on top, moves to 2-0. and What did you see? I saw two tough teams uh, just fighting it out. It was an awesome game. I mean, uh, plays back and forth. You get an awesome play from Jacob Hicks. I think he's one of the premier players in the city. I mean, he's a man out there. Just, I mean, coming downhill and everything. Uh, scored on a couple plays. And then you get uh, Michael Cunningham, the awesome athlete. Athlete, just phenomenal making plays. And then on that current side of the ball, they got off to a rocky start. But, uh, you know, they found a way to, you know, kind of gain their composure. And then that second half, you know, they actually, I believe they shut out, you know, the Tigers, but just couldn't get it done at the end. But it was a phenomenal thing. So starting, you know, we started with Morse and your reaction there. Give us the take from the Kearney side of it's a close game. It's a game where you make these positive corrections and trends in the second half. Is this, I mean, I, I hate the term a little bit, but I kind of love the term at the same time, a moral victory. Like it, it, there's nothing to panic about, right? If you're a Kearney fan. Uh, I don't think there's nothing to panic about. I don't think Kearney feels that way. Uh, there's no moral victories with, uh, you know, the comments, you know, they want to win and they didn't win. But uh, I believe they showed that they're going to be, they're going to be tough. I mean, Devontae Fleming, uh, awesome athlete. He made some big plays. Nico Estrada, he's going to be a force uh, in his junior year. You know, he still has another year after this. They're going to be good. But uh, I think they want to win. No more victories for them. But uh, we're going to see more from Kearney and Morris as well. Morris is phenomenal. You know, they run that offense real well. Uh, they have some athletes. And they're going to do some things in D2 as well. Yeah, so Morris moves on to play Vista next week in, a, in an insane battle there, and Kearney moves on to play Montgomery. So neither of those teams end up getting a break next week. It'll still be an amazing showdown. Uh, Meech, I want to bounce a couple other games off you, get your reaction to them around the county. First one being Madison going uh, and taking care of business 39-29 over Granite Hills. Yeah, uh, that was kind of like a pick em game. Everybody was kind of just, you know, indecisive as to who they roll with, especially with Madison, you know, being uh, stunned by, well, let's say stunned by still carrying, but Keontae Springs, he does it again. I mean, he puts it on his back. I believe he had over 20 yards rushing, made some plays on defense with the pick. And I think he threw a touchdown as well. So uh, there's nothing to panic about up there in Claremont. You know, Madison's still going to be a, a top team in San Diego. San Diego, Cavers 53, El Cap Vaqueros 29. The Cavers moved to 14 games in a row. School record winning streak for them. Talk about that win. Cavers is being Cavers. I mean, 
Got the longest winning streak in San Diego right now. And uh, it kind of got off to a rocky start, I believe. I think it was closer than that at the half. But, you know, uh, Coach Jen's over there. He's going to make those adjustments. And once they get that offense rolling, they're a tough team to stop. So I expect them to just be right back there in the mix again when this playoff starts. Who had the bigger win on Friday night? Cathedral Catholic winning 44-41 over Centennial or St. Augustine 42-5 over Loyola? Cathedral Catholic. Shout out Cathedral Catholic. I mean, they put on for the city. That's going to go down in history. Uh, those young men should be proud of themselves. I mean, uh, just when I went to school to, to beat a nationally ranked team is – was almost up there with the state title. I mean, Centennial, I mean, they fought it out with Centennial. I mean, the name itself speaks for itself. So, uh, shout out to the Dons. It's the biggest win of the night. Might be of the season. That's a decently hot take, but at the same time is decently reasonable to all get behind as a county. Uh, Beach, any parting games, notes, players, anything you want to talk about before we say goodbye? Uh. I really just want to give an extra shout-out to Keontae Spring. I mean, he is one of the top athletes in the county. Uh, he put it on again. And I also want to give a shout-out to Jordan Swan, Simakasi athlete for Eastlake. Eastlake put a fight up uh, with the Hornets, and Jordan Swan, I believe, had a 70-yard touchdown run. Shout-out to the young man for Eastlake, Simakasi. You can find him on social media at 619 Meech, the team writer for Team Akasi. Thank you very much for being on with us, Meech, and we will talk to you again come week four. All right, Christian, have a great one. All right, so we're now joined by Raymond from San Diego Football Network at SD Football on all the social media for great highlights on the Friday nights, reaction, analysis, prediction, previewing for the rest of the week. Raymond, you survived week three. You were out at Kearney and Morris. Tell me what you saw. Uh, we saw a nail-biter. Uh, we saw an outstanding, resilient effort, and uh, we saw an all-around great game. Now, uh, granted, it wasn't the high-scoring affair that me and you predicted last week, but um, it was a classic. Um, Morris uh, got up 28-7, to but uh, Kearney went on to score 18 unanswered points, and um, it was set up for a game-time field goal, but the uh, – Coach uh, Will Gray called timeout and decided, you know what, I'm going to go for the win. But uh, fortunately for Morris defense, they came through on the clutch. Steph Nico Estrada at the five-yard line and kneeled and held on for the victory. So you say classic. You say uh, very hype words like that early in the season. This moves Morris to 2-0. and How good can this Morris team be? This Morris team could be amazing. I mean, they weren't too happy about their performance in the second half, but they're aware that they got a lot to improve on. Uh, that wing T office is very explosive. They have a lot of great athletes. And uh, head coach Tracy McNair knows what he's doing. You no know, defending CIF champions. Expect some great things from Morris. So uh, anything on the Kearney side that you want to take away from this? Any players that you saw? Because to me, this does not... I mean, a loss is a loss, and some people say you can't take a moral victory, but this doesn't seem like this is that horrendous of an outcome for Kearney. It seems like this kind of was as close as you come to a moral victory in football. Well, Kearney has nothing to be ashamed of. I'm sure uh, the coaching staff over there at Kearney don't believe in moral victories, but they have a lot to build on from this. I mean, to be down 28-7 to 7 
I mean, a lot of teams would have gave up, but now nah, they came uh, fighting back and they, they had a chance to win. I mean, they could have took the easy way out and kicked the chip shot field goal win in overtime, but they said, no, nah, we came to Morris to win. And uh, that's what they tried to do. So uh, hats off to Kearney and that coaching staff. They will be back. Trust me. They will be back. All right, so let's go around the county. Any other scores catch your eye? Anything you want to react to? Any upsets you saw? Any big, uh, a couple of big blowouts? To what did you see last night? Um, this wasn't exactly an upset, but I was surprised that Tory Pines was only able to win ten to seven against Olympian at home. Uh, that was very shocking. That one, uh, like you mentioned, ten to seven. Tory Pines holds on for the victory over Olympian. Last couple of uh, yeah. years, Olympian has held Tory Pines close, so I was not that surprised about this one. It's a pair of teams that think defensively minded, strong up front. So, you know, a win is a win for Tory Pines, and it, it's a it's a much needed win in, in terms of how the rest of the Avocado and all that North County quality talent is looking this year. That it's going to be competitive. So, a big win nonetheless for Tory Pines. Uh, let's see, I'm going down here. If you don't mind, I'm going to bounce a couple scores off of you. We'll get your take on them. Uh, Scripps Ranch, 55-0, their second shutout of the season. How good can Scripps Ranch be? Scripps Ranch is amazing. They're one of the most improved teams in the county. I mean, they have a standout in Rashad Griffin. I mean, they have a a gang of talent over there. So uh, don't sleep on Scripps Ranch. Let's see. We'll go to... You know, uh, I mean, I'm assuming you have a take on the Cathedral Catholic win as they as they go 44-41 over Centennial. Uh, put it into context about how big you think this victory is for the Dons. Well, um, other than their state championship, I will say this is the biggest win in school history. I mean, right now they're ranked number three in California and number nine in the entire country. I don't know. I don't think uh, San Diego County's had a team ranked that high in the country before. So um, this Cathedral team is something special. And, uh, geez, I, I probably bet my record money right now that they uh, run the table to the Open Division Championship. But uh, we'll, we'll see. We have a lot of football to be played. Certainly is a lot of football. But when you're already talking about that kind of, uh, of elite status, why not go for it? One of the teams that Cathedral will have to get through, though, to run the table is St. Augustine. They win 42-5. to over Loyola, it seems like for everything, you know, big, significant, you know, contextual win that Cathedral gets, Saints is getting a massive blowout win, and they just look better and better each week. Talk to us about what you see in Saints. Uh, it's just another unstoppable performance, man. Um, I didn't get to see that game, but I'm guessing that the D-line played a huge role in Loyola only scoring uh, five points. So um, hats off to St. Augusta. That Holy Bowl is going to be crazy. I don't think anybody's going to be able to get into that game. There might be crowds, like, spilling all over Mesa College to that day. Um, that's going to be a fun one. Yeah, that's going to certainly be a battle. Uh, his name is Raymond. He is at SD Football on the social media. A great follow for Friday night and every other day that you want yourself some football. Raymond, any final scores, reaction, schools, players, anything you want to get to before we say goodbye? Uh, shout out to Rancho Bernardo getting the win over Valley Center. Um, I, I wasn't expecting that, but that was uh, that was huge. And um, 
other than that, man, that's about it. I, it was another fun week, and I'm looking forward to speaking with you again next week. All right, week three is in the books. Go follow at SD Football so he can inform you about what else is going on during the week. Raymond, thank you very much, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, we're now joined by at WBK Sports on Twitter, Eric Williams. He, as always, I'm looking at this video right now on the top of your Twitter, and as always, like you're in the right spot at the right time always for the greatest moments uh, of of live video coming out on Friday nights. (laughs) Eric, how are you doing? Welcome back to week three of of the season, and did you survive last night's fireworks show at Mission Hills? I did. I did. I had a lot of fun, you know. There's a lot of anticipation each week when you when you head over to a game. Um, you know, you, you started filming, you know, sidelines on sidelines about five years ago and, uh, you know, created a monster. You know, you get down there and you – and I'm sure most of you photographers and videographers and uh, out there have heard the uh, classic question, did you get that shot? <laughs> did you get it? So you feel pressured sometimes, um, but that kind of leads you to uh, – uh, step up your game and and uh, try to find the right spot and get out of the way of the referees, get out of the way of the the, the coaches, staff, get out of the way of other cameramen out there. And um, I get lucky sometimes. You know, I'm 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 blessed. Uh, it's fun out there. Everybody does a great job. And um, every once in a while, ball falls right uh, into my hands, uh, into my camera, I guess you could say. And um, you know, I, I, it's fun. Uh, you know, try to get it out try to get out these uh, highlights and updates to uh, the fans out there. Um, I remember five, six years ago, me being on Twitter, following a bunch of guys and telling myself, Hey, I wish I could see that play. And um, so we try to make it happen. We have fun. Uh, It's therapy for me. I get out there and relax. And after a long work week and uh, it was great. I had a lot of fun at Mission Hills last night. All right, so I'm looking at your timeline right now, and at WBK Sports is where you go for all these videos. We will also retweet them at SD Prep Insider. I see a throwing touchdown. I see a rushing touchdown. I see a special teams touchdown. So this certainly did not seem like a one-dimensional performance from Mission Hills. Give us a little bit of insight as to what you saw from this team. Well, yeah, I mean, that's classic Mission Hills. Coach Hauser is a legend. He does a phenomenal job over there. Uh, the energy, the pregame hype, and the fans are all fantastic. The uh, ambiance is always top-notch. You'll never find a, a bunch of alum – you'll never not find a bunch of alumni surrounding the sidelines every game. The vibe is great. and uh, it, It's probably my favorite place to see a high school football game. Um, I may be a little biased in that area, um, but I absolutely love it. Uh, it was a no contest from the start. Mission Hills just had way too much size and athleticism for Redlands East Valley, um, 52 to seven, uh, and it should have been a shutout. They got a late, late touchdown that shouldn't have happened. And I know uh, defensive coordinators defensively uh, in that film room, you know, a little bit upset that they didn't finish it 52 to nothing. But Redlands literally scored in the in the waning seconds uh, there. And um, Mission still Mission Hills still has not reached their potential. Um, they, I don't even, in my opinion, they haven't even started gelling and coming together yet. And when they do, they'll be at more of an elite status. But the, they got an early fumble, uh, a, a quarterback sneak over there by uh, Jackson Oxney, started the game off. And um, then on the next drive from Redlands, Elisha Lloyd gets a pick six, takes it in. Next thing you know, it's 14 nothing. 
Um, and then from then on out, it was pretty obvious Mission Hills was going to take over. But um, uh, the, the next touchdown was uh, Clinton Hadnot. And this is a kid you guys are going to want to uh, want to hear more of. We saw him break onto the scene in 2017 when he hauled in that truck. Uh, catch in the winning moments of the open division semifinal games with Torrey Pines. Jack Tuttle hit him over there. Strong kid. Um, real fast guy. Plays both sides of the ball, but he's gotten stronger and faster and, in my opinion, smarter. He's uh, way more of a ball hawk on defense now, and he's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. So, uh, if you're a receiver out there in San Diego County, keep your head on the swivel. If you're a D1 school out there, you need to get on that phone like today and call Coach Hauser. Do not let Quentin had not slip away. He's something special. Um, he took one, he almost took one to the house and was upset at himself, got outside a little bit. Uh, so the next play, uh, you check out the video, it's pretty pretty funny. He's a good kid. Uh, took it to the end zone for a 21 nothing lead and uh, came for a little look inside the WBK sports camera, uh, which is nice. Um, the running game looks great for Mission Hills. Uh, early on in the preseason and the first few games, the idea was to have their linebacker, Jason Boyle, the junior, to be the main guy there. But Cameron Woosley had the start last night and uh, seemed, saw the action at running back. He looked good. Um, now Jason Boyle uh, went back to his linebacker position. That's another name that you're going to need to put on your radar. This kid is a man playing amongst boys. Uh, he seemed a lot more comfortable back at the linebacker spot last night. His hits are very unforgiving, and he has great speed, plays with a lot of emotion. You get a chance to see this kid play. Uh, he gets riled up. I love it. Has great awareness, and uh, he's very intellectual. You combine that with uh, Mikhail Soloto, uh, who literally you can see Junior Seau's face in him. He's a nephew with a great Junior Seau. This kid has great size. Great leader. He's a junior. So you take Boyle and Mikhail Soto, and now you add another kid, sophomore Jaden Latua. This kid may at some time be better than both of those two. If he progresses over the years, you have arguably the best linebacker core in San Diego County. Uh, at least they have the potential to be the top core. When you have Boyle, uh, Soto, and Latua back there, it's great. Um, Latua took a punt back. Um, for a touchdown, uh, which was nice. Uh, it tore and duff and blocked the punt. Actually, that was before the Clinton had not touchdown to make it 21 nothing. And uh, this this new sophomore linebacker, Jaden Latua, took it in for the score. Um, from then on out, you know, you could, the size is just, you could just tell. But if you get a chance to take a look at this linebacker core, please do. Uh, the Mission Hills coaching staff, like I said, led by Chris Hauser, but Thomas Altieri. Um, this is a guy who deserves more credit for the things he's done at Mission Hills over the years. I, I can see him being the head coach one day in San Diego. He's intense. He's smart. Um, really gels with the kids. Um, has a lineage of great family that played over at Vista uh, back in the in the, the big red Dick Haynes day. He went to Arizona State. Uh, just a great coach and a great guy. Longtime Mission Hills special teams DB coach Nick Dwyer does a fantastic job. And I don't know if some of you remember the Barraza brothers uh, from a couple years back. Uh, Brian is working with the linebackers and then the secondary his brother Adam is working there. Uh, you got a, a new coach, uh, 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 Coach Miller uh, Jr., uh, who, who came over uh, from Vista. He had a, a, a 
Pop Warner team that I believe was undefeated, 2016 national champs, perfect season. Um, and, and some of their players split up. Some went to Vista, some went to Mission Hills. Um, but now they have uh, Coach Miller up on the coaching staff over there, uh, Glenn Miller, uh, Jr. And um, he's going to contribute a lot along with uh, who, in my estimation, is the all-time greatest player at Vista High School, Pisa Tini Asamoa. Um, he's over there. They're both contributing at the varsity level. So keep that name, Coach Miller, Coach Glenn Miller, um, you know, on your radar. He's going to contribute a lot there. And uh, like you said, you saw a lot of different uh, uh, weapons going on there. Jackson Oxney, who was very good at rushing the ball, actually, last night. And, and Coach Hauser's offense, quarterback, will rush the ball a lot. They like that. Um, but he can throw the ball. And they've got a ton of weapons in the passing game. So look for the, the passing game to improve as the season rolls on. DJ Zapata is the quarterback coach, former quarterback and multi-sport athlete at Mission Hills is now the athletic director, and he's going to get Oxney right as the year progresses. Um, he's off a little bit right now, um, but once he once he can connect with his uh, receivers, he's just got so many. He's got Elisha Lloyd. He's got Hadnot. He's got Joe Smith. Um, he's got Sky Donnell, who's going to be in the mix. Um, they're not hitting where they want to be right now in the passing game, but once that passing game gets locked in, um, they got a decent running game, and like I said, Oxney can get out of the pocket and run a little bit. They're going to be much better there. Um, shout out to the, the Mission Hills linemen. They're known for producing huge linemen. Uh, offensive line right now, Noah Arce, 6'4", 260. Big Troy Faulkner at center, 6'2", 265. He's a junior, and I uh, hope I pronounced your name right, Marleon Zacharias, 6'5", 328. Round that off with the tight end, Robert Thornton, 6'3", 215. Um, they got a great offensive line over there. Uh, so it'll be fine. Uh, later in the game, Sky Donnell uh, pulled in a punt return touchdown. He's a strong safety. Remember this kid's name? Uh, he plays a lot bigger than his 5'7 size. He's fast, has great moves, and not afraid of contact at all. Mark my words. Mark it. You heard it here first on Press Insider Podcast. Uh, Sky Donnell will return another kick or a punt for a touchdown this season. He's just too fast and has too many moves. Um, he'll get in the end zone again. We could see him in the wide receiver, some more wide receiver sets, but ultimately I feel like he shines most at the strong safety position. So look for that uh, wide receiver game. You know, like I said, they're still working on connecting with Jackson, but Elisha Lloyd finally got in the mix in the pick six. Uh, look for him to maybe get some offensive sets, but the guy who's hungry as anyone uh, is Joe Smith. Uh, and I talked to him for a little bit, and this kid really is looking to make a name for himself. Um, he, he sat out the first half of this game, or else uh, I guarantee you he would have probably had a couple of touchdowns, but he's going to be a big part of their offense. So uh, look for him. Great kid, hungry. He'll have some offers as the season uh, progresses in that area. And uh, Overall, just a, a well-balanced team, like you said. Uh, they'll be fine. They, uh, they're at Carlsbad next week in their first big Avocado League matchup. That's going to be a big boy game. Uh, I know Helix is out playing Cathedral, but if you get a chance, you might want to see Mission Hills at Carlsbad. Uh, they have a kind of a, a, a rivalry when they're the, – I think Carlsbad's freshman team went 10-0 and a couple seasons back, and Mission Hills went 9-1. and and The other one loss was to Carlsbad, and those juniors and – are kind of going to be meeting for the first time at the varsity level next week. Uh, Mission Hills will play at Ramona after that. Four of their first five games are on the road. Uh, 
which is tough. And then they got a big game with Ocean Side at home October 4th before they meet Torrey Pines uh, at Mission Hills on October 11th. They finish at LCC at El Camino, and then they'll finish with San Marcos at the Discovery Bowl, this time at Mission Hills. If you haven't been to a Discovery Bowl game, you got to go. You got to see it. It's electric. It's hype. Um, these, these two high schools are not even eight to ten miles away from each other. Uh, the same businesses are, like, literally in between the two high schools. You've got friends on both sides. You've got enemies on both sides. You've got uh, coaches that, that work in the same district, and we see each other all the time. Uh, that's a game you want to see marked out on your calendar. Uh, that'll be the last game of the season. Um, but Mission Hills look great. Uh, like I said, they got to tighten up the passing game a little bit. They got to gel a little bit better on defense, and uh, they will be that defense to shut you down. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun last night. Let me get your take on Cathedral Catholic 44, Centennial 41. Oh, wow, with like 100 exclamation marks behind that. Uh, you could kind of feel that was coming after their big win against the Colorado Arizona team. Um, I've seen Corona play and uh, some play IMG a couple years back, and they're going to put up points. But shout out to um, DJ Ralph, actually. You know, I, I was very impressed by the way that he led that team. And, and you know, Cathedral's a wing T team, so you think they're just going to run down your throat all day. And then you got this lefty that can just throw uh, BBs and, and run out of pocket. And uh, great job. Great job, Coach Doyle. I mean, just. I believe they're going to be number three in the state now. Um, they're ranked nationally. So phenomenal job over there, you guys. A very great win against a great team. I'm looking forward to see how they can carry it. Uh, we've yet to have that team go undefeated and be ranked this high and finish at the year where we can actually get in the state, the main state open bowl, you know, to play against the Bosco or something. And uh, it could be this year. It could be Cathedral this year. If not, we're, we're very close. So uh, they did a great job over there. And uh, shout out to Coach Doyle again. I think he's going for his 200th win next week at Helix. So check out that game if you get a chance. Uh, it's going to be a doozy. At WBK Sports on social media for great updates, Eric Williams. Uh, any parting notes, any other games you want to shout out, highlight real quick before we say goodbye? Oh, no, shout-out to Kavika Tua over there at Oceanside. That kid is awesome. Uh, go check out Diego Sports Twitter. Uh, he's got a ton of information uh, throughout the county. That guy's great, you know, but also he, he's got some stats on uh, Tavika. I don't know offhand, uh, but he's dominating the first three games. you, you got to see Tavika Tua in person uh, to, to see to – see, to appreciate his talents. And I'm really stoked for uh, Coach Rodriguez, good guy over there who's working hard been criticized a lot you know because i know they 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 have a lot of state championships over there and they want the best so it, it's nice to see a uh, big win uh for for them and so congratulations to them and uh, uh wishing them the best the rest of the season as well thank you very much for being on with us in week three we'll hopefully speak with you after week four one more time at wbk sports on social media hit up eric for the right place, the right time, the right touchdown all season long, it seems. You just are you are the one with the magic touch on the sideline. Eric, thank you very much for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. All right, we are now joined by John Maffey from the San Diego Union Tribune. He knows high school football better than anybody bar none. John, thank you very much for joining us. How did week three treat you? 
Christian, there were a lot of a lot of good games. You know, Cathedral uh, with a great win over Corona Centennial. Uh, the game was I, I was at was uh, uh, Oceanside at San Marcos. You know, basketball on grass, uh, a, a really great offensive game. Mission Hills had a really nice win, a big win over Redlands East Valley, and and Madison bounced back. And, and had a really nice win. So there, there were some there were some big games last night. Well, since you were there, let's start with San Marcos and Oceanside. Give us the cliff note version because I'm, I'm, you've got it all written up. So just give us maybe a, a little tease of, of something that you saw out of that game. Uh, what really impressed me is that Oceanside running back Kavika Tua is a beast. He is an absolute beast, and he you know and he's only a junior. And sophomore quarterback Emmett Brown, from uh, he 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 uh, he didn't have a great percentage. He was only 15 for 41, but he threw for 283 yards. And you can see there there is something special in this young man. He he as he grows and matures and and has some gets some experience, he is going to be a really really good quarterback. So. Going around the county a little bit wider, you mentioned Madison with an amazing bounce back. They win 39-29 over Granite Hills. Why highlight that game? You know, I just think because a lot of people, you know, Madison has always been Madison. They're, you know, big, strong, knock you off the ball, you know, great athletes. And this year, everybody was kind of saying, you know, Madison's good, but they're not quite Madison good, if, if that makes sense. And, and to go out and beat a good Granite Hills team, you know, by 10 and score 39 on them kind of shows me that uh, maybe, maybe we were all just a little bit wrong and that, you know, Madison will be a contender. Mind if I throw a couple more scores at you? Sure. Scripps Ranch moves to 3-0 and with a 55 nothing win over Fallbrook. It seems like this is becoming less and less of a fluke every week and more and more of a trend for Scripps Ranch. You know, and, and, and it's a little bit of a mismatch. Uh, I, I, Scripps Ranch went up and did, you know, did what it had to do. Fallbrook is uh, on its third coach in, in less than a year, probably in, in six months. And the program is, uh, is really kind of disarray. The, you know, new coaching staff there is trying to, trying to get things in order. But you can't take away from Scripps Ranch. Scripps Ranch went out and, and did what it had to do and has been doing you know what it had to do all season and it's a team that uh isn't going to crack the top 10 this week but but may get some support the san diego cavers 53 29 over el cap they now move to 14 games in a row that coach james has won their uh longest streak in school history talk about that win and what you see so far out of the cavers this season you know i i'm i'm a little surprised because uh i talked to coach james uh you know, before the start of practice and, and he, you know, he goes, well, you know, I think we had our run, you know, we're going to be okay. You know, we're going to, you know, you know, you know, we won't get blown out. You know, we won't revert back to the old, you know, poor, poor caver days, but uh, you know, I don't think we're going to be, you know, you know, state contenders again. And then they go out and win three in a row. So uh, it, it shows me that I don't think he was sandbagging. I think he honestly believed that, but, it shows you what, what winning can do and what attitude can do and what good coaching can do. And those kids, those kids at San Diego now believe. 
Mira Mesa gets in the win column 26-13 versus Mount Carmel. Is this a little bit closer to, to – has Mira Mesa leveled out, you think, after this one? Are they on the upward trend? You know, I hope so. Uh, you know, I, I have a lot, a lot of respect for, for Chris Thompson at, at Mira Mesa. And, you know, I talked to him after last season, and he, you know, he thought they were on the way up, and then they kind of stubbed their toe uh, you know, out of the gate. And, and Mount Carmel is a, is a decent program with, with some good athletes. So, and that's kind of a rivalry game, you know, that you know, there isn't a whole lot of distance between Mount Carmel and Mira Mesa. So that game has kind of become a rivalry, and, and, and to beat them is, is, a, is a nice feather, for, uh, feather in the cap for Chris Thompson and the, and the Marauders. Pair of teams had shutouts in Rancho Bernardo seventeen nothing over Valley Center and San Pasqual six nothing over Westview. Which shutout is bigger in your mind? You know, I I, I kind of think that uh, you know Rancho Bernardo shutting out Valley Center. Valley Center is is not what it's been. They're 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 struggling a little bit, but they usually find a way to get on the board. And you know, and to shut them out uh, very much surprised me. Once again, John Maffey with the San Diego Union Tribune. He's got great work all week long to help you guys stay in the know. One of the best sources to talk to you. John, anything else on the way out? Any other scores, teams, results, players catch your eye on Friday night? You know, I, I, Christian, I was, a, I was a little surprised in, uh, you know, Saints going up and losing 42-6 to Loyola of L.A. Uh, Saints Loyola, won that one. Uh, really, pardon me? Saints won that one. Oh, Saints won that one. Okay, that well, that's that's one reason I I had that. that, that Max Preps had that score backwards. Yeah, so that it, doesn't surprise me yeah, because that was forty-two Loyola five. Was really a once proud program, and and you know, uh, and that that turned into a good rivalry, a good uh, San Diego Southern section rivalry, and you know, so you know, to go up and take care of business, and they were up at Loyola. No, so, they were down here uh, at Saints. Well, boy. Yeah, I've got that one all screwed up. Yeah, Max Preps has oh. that. It sounds like Max Preps has that one entirely flipped. Yeah, they had that all bad, all, all screwed up. So you know, but you know, but you know, now that's a very good win for for saying thank you for for correcting me on that because uh, that would have affected how I voted in the poll for sure. Yeah, I don't, and, uh, I don't trust, uh, I don't trust Max Preps anymore. You know, and you know, I usually don't, but you know, I and I and I. You know, and that because that score was so surprising because, you know, Loyola is you know is a good team, but Saints is a really good team. So, you know, I'm I'm glad. Thank you for correcting that one. That uh, uh, and you know, one one score that did that did surprise me though was Carlsbad losing uh, you know to Lawndale. And Lawndale's a really good team. It was a state champion last year, but Carlsbad, you know, the coaching staff there thinks that they're going to be really good. So that was a game that. You know that that was kind of a statement game that they that Carlsbad kind of let slip away. Final score: thirty-five sixteen. Lawndale at home over Carlsbad. This is the game that John is talking about, and yeah, that that first loss of the season for Carlsbad comes in a little bit uh, wider margin, perhaps, than you would want out of a team that had that much hype. Um, it seems like week three. Uh, other than well, we've got the. Uh, Bishop's game still to go on Saturday night by the time we're recording this, but it seems like week three is in the books. A couple of teams had buys in that top 10. So it seemed like we got as much possible excitement as we could have out of, uh, out of what we got in this week three. I, I, I kind of agree. I think, you know, with, you know, Helix didn't play steel. Canyon didn't play. Grossmont didn't play. 
you know, so there's three top 10 teams that, that weren't in action. Uh, but I, you know, but the games we did have, you know, the, the cathedral game coming back and scoring and, you know, in the last minute to, to, you know, to beat a team in top 10 in the nation and Oceanside uh, getting an interception at the goal line in the, in the dying seconds of the game to, to hold off San Marcos. So, you know, uh, we had some, we had some really, you know, two very exciting games and, you know, La Costa Canyon, San Clemente now is three and O in the avocado league. They beat, you know, San, uh, uh, La Costa Canyon 13 to 12. So uh, it's up to Lincoln next week to uphold the honor of San Diego when when they meet San Clemente. We you know we we need uh, we need the Hornets to to go up to San Clemente and get a win for us. That one will be next week, and John will have that covered and so much more going around the county. John, thank you very much for joining us, and we will speak to you after week four.